The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is our epistle reading for this past Sunday, which was the second Sunday after the Epiphany, the Epiphany being the worship of the wise men of the infant Jesus. But we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 to 20. Paul was inspired to write, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. My dear friends in Christ, our reading is a portion of scripture in which Paul is giving the Corinthian congregation directives, guidelines, encouragement for Christian living. And one problem that the Corinthian congregation had was that they generally accepted the fact that it was okay to have sexual relations outside of marriage. That's not what the scripture says, of course, but sins against the sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Such sins would have been as common in Corinth as they are today, as common. The Corinthians seem to be just as casual about this sin as people are today. They considered it their prerogative to do whatever they wanted as people seem to often think today. They viewed it, sexual immorality as, as normal as we'd say most Americans seem to view it today. They denied its sinfulness and the fact that such sins would result in damnation when there is no repentance. But of course, it's not just sexual sins, it's any sin without repentance would result in eternal condemnation. But they denied its sinfulness and the eternal consequences of sin, just like society denies the consequences of sin today as well. So some things just never really do change. When, when Paul said here, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, 
He's revealing that in Corinth there were people who justified their sexual immorality and said, well, we have a hunger for our bodies and you also have a hunger for a sexual appetite and they're basically the same thing. It's just a, a natural thing. Putting it on par, well, a sexual hunger and a, and a physical hunger, putting it on a par as if it's the same thing. But Paul says here, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. That's the case because our Savior has purchased us. Our Savior has purchased us. He bought us back from Satan and sin with his holy precious blood. And he doesn't want us going back to Satan and sin. He doesn't want us going back to that slavery. Paul says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Some Corinthians and many people today will say, as he says here, everything is permissible for me. We're tempted to say, I can do whatever it is I want to do. But that's not what Paul or God is saying here. Yes, it is true that Christ freed us from slavery to sin with his life and death and, death and resurrection. And because of what Jesus did, we have many Christian freedoms because God doesn't place rules over every aspect of our lives. However, Paul does want us to remember that we are the Lord's. Our Savior has purchased us and now officially as believing children of God, we, we belong to the Lord and then because of that, what we'll want to do is be careful that everything that we do is not harmful for our souls, but is truly beneficial for us as far as God is concerned. That our actions would end up being spiritually uplifting of ourselves and, and of our fellow man. He also says here, though, that we'll want to be careful so that we aren't mastered by anything or addicted to things like, well, sexual, sex or pornography, love for TV, the internet, food, drugs, alcohol. Since we are the Lord's, we'll want the Lord and his word to be the controlling force in our lives, the con controlling influence in our lives and not anyone or anything else. Paul asks, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Since Christ redeemed us, purchased us, bought us back from slavery to Satan's sin, death, and hell, and has graciously called us to faith in our Savior, well, our whole purpose person, body, and soul is a member then of Christ's spiritual body, which includes all true believers, the church. And as a part of that body of Christ, 
How can we even think about engaging in sexual immorality? For that matter, when we remember that we're part of Christ's body, how could we even think about doing what would be considered spiritual prostitution, being unfaithful to our Savior? Paul said, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. When a man and a woman get married, scripture says that the two then become one flesh. Here, Paul tells us that there's a the marriage relationship, a very, very special relationship, but there's a higher, more important union that the Christian has with Christ, especially when we remember what Christ has saved us from. Remember, he saved us from eternal punishment, eternal death. When we recognize what Christ has done for us, that our Savior has purchased us, doesn't that make us move us to resist and avoid everything that could possibly destroy our relationship with our God. Luther once said, if someone were to knock on the door of my heart and ask who lived here, I would say, Martin Luther used to live here, but he moved out and Jesus Christ has moved in. Because of what Christ has done for us, our Savior has purchased us. He's bought us back from Satan's sin, death, and hell. Doesn't that, don't we want, therefore, to not have our sinful nature be the controlling influence in our lives, but, but the Lord? After all, what's our Savior going to do? He's going to take us to be with him forever in heaven. That's the blessing that he has to offer us. It's not temporary, fleeting, so-called joy, but it's joy that lasts forever. He says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Our Savior, he has purchased us to be his own and to live for him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior and with his life and death to purchase us to be your own and to live with you forever. Help us now to live as your believing children and heirs of eternal life in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.